Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. To start out here tonight, story from cnsnews.com, which, to be clear, is one of the right-wing news sources, so they definitely have uh, a particular bias. What does CNS Uh, stand for? I'm going to guess conservative news something or other. Conservative news source something like that. Makes sense. In their headline, they they say they are the right news right now. So it's obvious what they're... Uh, what their bias is. But that said, it's an interesting story here that according to newly released data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, Americans in 2021 once again spent more on average on taxes than they did on food, clothing, and health care combined. This is once again? Yeah, apparently so. That's amazing because I've never heard this before. And it seems like something that, you know, libertarians would be talking about. Well, I mean, maybe they are. Now we're True. talking about it. So uh, they, they have a consumer expenditure survey, and Table R1 says that according to uh, the, their data, American quote-unquote consumer units, which I guess that's their term for human beings. Or families. Yeah, maybe families. <laughs> consumer units. Yeah. I love it. Uh, it. According to this, they spent an average of $15,495 on food, clothing, and health care combined while a, paying- A year? In, I presume that's yearly. What the uh, hell is a consumer unit? I've just got to look that up. While paying an average of $16,729 in total taxes, and they are looking at federal, state, and local government. So they're combining all the tax burden together that you could at least easily uh, measure. Because there's some amount of taxes that you really can't easily measure. For instance, when you pay, you know, if you really want to get accurate, when you go to the store and you buy an item... You're paying every single tax that all of those producers and wholesalers have paid all along the way. Hmm. You're footing that bill right. in the cost of the product, but you can't easily know, you know, when you buy a, a pack of pencils or pens at the office store, you don't know how much the you know gas was that was purchased to put those pens on a truck and what share of the you know the weight of the truck that the pens were. Like it would be impossible to really know and how much electricity the store uses to show you, you right. know, the items on the shelves. Not to mention the inspectors that are paid for with tax money yeah. and all of the materials that are, have to be purchased from one company to the other, all of which have taxes imposed on them. Even though taxes are now outstripping, and I don't know for how many years it has been doing this, because again, it did say again that this has happened again. Uh, so even though the combined amount of taxes outstrip the combined amount spent on food, clothing, and health by quote-unquote consumer units in the United States, it still isn't the true numbers. It's still not actually what people are paying in taxes. It, it might even be double that, you know, if you think about it. Yeah, I'd, and if you factor in things like the inheritance tax and the property tax and all of these other taxes, uh, not just on products, but just on everything from from insurance to health care, I mean, obviously their sales taxes, income taxes, inheritance, all of these sorts of taxes. By the time you actually spend your money, it's already, by the time you actually get your money, excuse me, it's already been taxed repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And then you actually spend something on it, you're paying even more taxes. Just and imagine. To think the, the founding fathers, they, they were revolting over 3% taxes. Uh-huh. On tea or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, imagine for a moment that you actually had all those taxes back. 
like the $16,000 a year that the average consumer unit, and again, we still don't know if that's a family or an individual or whatever, but it's still a lot any way you shake it, right? Like the average family could use an extra $16,000 a year, and the average individual sure as hell could as well. So whichever way, whichever one that is, uh, imagine having that extra sixteen grand every single year and being able to do what you wanted to do with it. Maybe you need to repair some stuff on your home. Maybe you want to upgrade to a new place to live. Maybe you want to take a vacation. Maybe you want to start your own business. Maybe you have a business and you're just barely making enough money to, you know, make ends meet. Now the electricity bill goes up and that 16 grand would be enough to keep you in business or whatever, right? Like $16,000 is a pretty significant amount of money. And if I'm thinking of things correctly, you wouldn't actually have that $16,000 back. It would be reflected in everything, all the prices of goods and services being significantly lower, effectively cut in half. That's one way to look at it. If Americans are... Go ahead. Oh, I never thought about it with insurance. It makes me want to just stop having car insurance. What do you mean? Well, luckily in New Hampshire, you can. It's just unwise. Yeah. Uh, Why would you want to stop with car insurance? Because I feel like I'm paying the government or USAA taxes i mean i don't know if i would consider insurance to be taxes it's no, but i'm it's saying voluntary. taxes don't come out with it i just heard aria say that so i thought that was oh, a are thing. there taxes on insurance probably not in new hampshire because it's a sales tax but i mean it's mm. a it's a product like any other so i would imagine there are yeah, sales taxes it's not, right a, there. it's not a product I I mean, it's, a, my... it's a service ish yeah, I mean, it's a service. So, no, I don't think that they... I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if some states did tax insurance, but I don't think that that's the case here. I'll say this. Insurance for me dropped when I moved from yeah. uh, Florida yeah. to New Hampshire. Me too, from Texas to New Hampshire. The total average that so-called consumer units are spending in total taxes is over $16,700. And again, we presume this is uh, an annual spend. but It's got to be for the individual as well. I'm thinking it because, may be because that's about what an individual, your average individual is going to spend throughout a year. But a family is going Should to spend significantly more, more. Yeah. Again, we didn't get the definition of what a consumer unit is. But I looked it up, but it was a, it's a special type of circuit board. If I remember correctly, I've already forgotten now. Mm. So it is unhelpful. So the other takeaway from this that I thought was worth sharing is they do break down the number into some categories. So the 16700 and change uh, breaks down to $8,561 in federal income taxes, $5,565 in Social Security taxes, which is also federal, and then only $2,564 in state and local income taxes, $2,400 in property taxes, and $105 in other taxes and then they subtracted stimulus payments received back from the government, apparently from that. So hmm. that's so kind of weird. People are actually, like, they pay taxes and they have to pay back the stimu- stimulus checks? I guess they did include that. So if you didn't include the stimulus checks, then it would be like 19000 something dollars. Okay, I see. So essentially it's a subsidized amount of taxes, which of course we all know leads to increased prices because they're inflating the currency, the money supply, in order to spend those, uh, you know, send out those stimuluses. But I it, thought... It's actually been so long I just forgot about the stimulus checks kind of, and I, I never got my answer because I was always wondering, do people have to pay stimulus checks back? Uh, no, I think no. it was just a, a, a one-time gift, right? Yeah, it, was a, it was a giveaway. Well, there was always like that question. I, I don't know. Gas is up too. 
But yeah. it made people feel like they weren't being left out. You know, that that was sure. the important thing. It made them feel like the government had their back and it was going to take care of them or whatever. They, they don't see the actual increase in prices as a result of the inflation or the the trillions of dollars that went to people who weren't them that that absolutely dwarfs the $1,400 and the $600 that the average person got. Yeah. They don't see all of that. To them, they just go, oh, thank goodness. And now their student loans are forgiven. All they, They're mm. sitting there. They're feeling, man, the government sure is nice to me. I love the government. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is a great point about the student loans, too, because ultimately that's the working class subsidizing the wealthy, right? Well, like, if it's true is that... It- because how how are they getting paid? Is it, is it just getting erased? Or? That's not clear. Because that's what that's my question. Because I mm-hmm. saw Justin O'Donnell on Twitter saying like people are saying what you're saying that the working class is paying mm-hmm. for the, this, but it's not. It doesn't work like that. Well, but, the working class is going to get screwed over every time the government does anything with money. Well, if they are just wiping out the the numbers, then I don't think that's going to have the same effect than if they are printing. The money to pay, I don't know what the total number is, but it's got to be big, right? If it's $10,000 for everybody with a college loan through the government, because it's not going to private loans. So if you got a private loan to go to college, that, as I understand it, is not included. But most people, of course, get it from the government. So it's going to be yeah. a large number. Um, I don't know. That's an, that's an excellent question, Bonnie. I, I haven't don't, I don't cared enough to like look it up. Yeah. My understanding of student loans was that it was always the... That was the proof that one wasn't educated enough or i don't want to say intelligent enough because it's not necessarily intelligent but that that was the evidence that one didn't belong in college if one or a university if one needed to take out a student loan in order to pay for it then they already failed the intelligence test and needed to find Mm. something else to do in their life because it it was it was bad strategically it was bad financially it hasn't worked out for almost anyone who did it and it, that's a fact. And it wasn't hard to figure this out if you were 18 or 19 years old and just sitting there. What what sane person would no strings attached loan out massive amounts of money to someone who was 18 or 19 years old to who go has to college? No experience yeah. whatsoever in the world. It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. no job, and you'd have no idea what they want to major in. It's and it's they, nuts. they go directly into like a four year college instead of going to community college a lot of the times. I want to clarify something I said a little bit ago, Please. though, um, because it, it was about uh, student loans and my allegation that uh, you know people were stupid, basically, for getting student loans. And that's not necessarily true. Some student loans are absolutely going to be worth it. Like if you take yeah. out a student loan to become an attorney or a doctor or a nurse or something like that, it's going you to be worth to. it to you. Find, yeah, yeah, well, you, you have to, first of all. I, I doubt any Unless level of scholarships. Yes. But I doubt any level of scholarships will pay for all of those. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be worth it financially because you do have job security and growth and you know financial stability to look forward to. It's like getting a degree in secondary education so that you can become a public school teacher or some sort of nonsense like that. And, of course, there's the classic gender studies major, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. It's a terrible Even idea. My friend went to college and she was going to become like a doctor or something and then she just decided in the middle of it she didn't want to do that which is really good decision because that's like a horrible thing i mean a horrible job i don't know i'm glad that people can do it but i wouldn't be able to do it but anyways she she decided in the middle she couldn't or didn't want to do that and she changed to business and she just like had a really hard time finding a job with a master's degree in business business. and she had you know debt so what did she end up doing for work now she works for there's like a journal making website 
that you can buy journals and things like that stationary okay. off of, and she works for customer service for them. Wow. So she totally didn't need a business Ouch. degree to get a customer service job. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's stupid. I would just say it's ignorant. I mean, that ignorance is curable, right? Like you can learn a lesson and then no longer be ignorant. Now, whether or not these people have learned their lessons about getting unnecessary loans is another question. If they haven't sure. learned their lesson, that might suggest they're kind of stupid. But I think for a young person to get a loan at age 18 or 17 or whatever it is that I guess you can't sign for a loan at 17, but, but at age 18 before they're going into college, just because it's the thing that's being pushed on them by the entire system. Basically. Yeah, that's the other point I wanted to come back to as well, is that, you know, they uh, have been propagandized. It's not entirely their fault. They were the ones who signed the dotted it's line. Their There's fault, no doubt. It's understandable. Yes. And, I, and, and I would say not stupid. It's just an ignorant choice. According to the White House's own press release about this uh, college relief, they're saying they will provide relief up to 43 million borrowers. So, yeah, that's a lot. Oh, and canceling a remaining balance for roughly 20 million borrowers. So you can do your uh, your math on that one. That's a, that's a huge amount of money that they're going to be doing. But again, it still doesn't answer the question as to whether or not they're printing out the money to pay back these uh, negative balances or they're just striking them from the books. They're not just striking them from the books. We know the government like better than that. Yeah. They're printing up the money to repay these loans to themselves. That's Plus, like, how, what they would have to do, I think, from a fiscal standpoint. How would the teachers or whoever this money is supposed to technically be paying get paid if they just struck it from the books anyway? Well, that's the thing. It would be the teachers already got paid. The, the loans were issued at the time the students went to school. And then the money went to the schools and the, that money went to the teachers. So all that money's already gone through the economy. It's just a negative amount on the books of the whatever the administration is that hands out these loans i think it's the treasury right i don't remember but i'm well, thankfully are, never had one but there are also well i don't know like can't you get student loans from if you get student loans from a private place then those aren't being forgiven that's my understanding oh, okay. yeah, only the federal ones which is the bulk of them hmm. uh so so in theory when these are paid back they're just crossing out the line items right like they're they're when when they issue these loans most loans are issued out of thin air right when you go to a bank and you yeah. get a loan for a car they create that money it's not money that's in their bank vault this is a huge myth when it comes to bank loans the idea is oh well they must have the money in the vault and they just go back and you know that they loan that out no they actually have permission to create money from thin air it's called fractional reserve banking and uh, that money. This never isn't existed. a conspiracy theory, by the way. This it's has been demonstrated in the federal court system. I think uh, Jerome Daly versus one of the the first bank of Georgia, I really? think it was, where he argued that uh, the bank tried to foreclose on his house, essentially, mm -hmm. and he argued that the bank didn't put up any form of collateral because what they they just created the money out of thin air he ended up winning he, that case he won that case yeah this is like back in the 20s or the 30s so they've since wow. rewritten their contracts to allow for that sort of thing uh, okay. but okay what was required then was that he had to put up collateral they had to put a collateral and what he put up effectively was, was the house yeah. yes and they put up just this imaginary money so right. when they went to foreclose on it he said hey this contract is null and void in the first place interesting Joe Biden announced that he will be canceling as much as $20,000 in federal student loan debt. So it's 10000 for most people, but it's 20000 for people with what they call a Pell Grant, uh, whatever that is. I've heard of it before. I don't 
It's basically a a grant for being poor. I mean, that, that's what I went to college on. I'm not going to lie. Okay, uh, it's just free money for going to college as long as you're a full time student. They it, it's like three grand a semester or something like so that. Do you so you have not, college debt? No. Okay, you paid it off. No, the Pell Grant is a grant. You don't have oh. to pay that back. Well, then why are they getting? It's similar to a scholarship. Wait, so they're saying that they're giving Pell Grant people money back? Maybe I misread that. I could have sworn it said Pell Grant. You, yeah. I'm sure it did. But you, the Pell Grant is free money, but you have to do it in order to qualify for scholarships and stuff like that, which is how I ended up getting it, because otherwise you can't. And I imagine they did the Pell Grant, and then they took out student loans on top of it, and not everyone mm. qualified for a Pell Grant. So only the poor people qualified for a Pell Grant and got student loans. If you received a Pell Grant at any point in your education, $20,000 of your federal student debt can be forgiven. So yeah, you're right. So... If you got their Pell Grant, then that qualifies you for the 20. If you didn't get a Pell Grant, then you only get 10. Oh, and that's just a way of qualifying like how poor they were? How poor they used to be. Because the theory in all of this is that a poor person would get a Pell Grant and a student loan and they would go on to become a a doctor or... Well, and in this case, they do say you have to earn less than $125,000 a year in order to qualify for the loan forgiveness. But that's a really big number. So there's going to be a lot of people whose whose loans are quote-unquote forgiven. But our big discussion in the last segment was, well, how are they going to do this? Are they just going to do like the thing that the average person can do and just say, it's forgiven. We're just crossing it off. Consider it done. I'm a little bit. That's not what they're doing. Nope, that's absolutely not what they're doing here. So according to Forbes... It's like the equivalent of you owe, you loan someone money and to forgive them instead of just saying, it's it's fine, we're going to erase it. You go and pan for gold to make it back for yourself or something. Not quite. I mean, that's one way to look at but it. But that's or raise your pr- Or raise your prices at the, the business that you're at or whatever. But no, in this case, they're going to print the money out, of course. That's what they're going to do. Uh, the news here is from Forbes. So it says your student loan cancellation isn't a magic wand that makes those loans disappear. They'll have to be paid for somehow. The question is by whom? Canceling federal student loans will cost the federal government, that means taxpayers, hundreds of billions of dollars and it's the general public which isn't just taxpayers it's anyone using the dollar right because yep. if they're going to yep. print the money for this then it's going to come out of everybody's pockets so poor people in like countries that use the dollar but are that's true they will be the affected States, by this they're Correct. paying for yeah according to a early estimate by the wharton budget model Forgiving up to $10,000 per borrower under Biden's income limits would add up to $519 billion to the federal deficit over the next decade. Instead of just forgiving the loan. Correct. Yeah. So they're going to pay themselves, basically, with other people's money. There's a joke in there about sending yourself to earth to sacrifice yourself to yourself in order to forgive people instead of just saying, I forgive you, but I I can't piece it all together at the moment. It's a mess. But it's absolutely just as insane. Uh, It just sounds so funny the way you said that. That's that's the story of Christianity, right? Sending yourself to earth. I was like, wait, what? Instead of God just saying, I forgive you, he comes up with this convoluted, you know, Simpson villain. It's the only way. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly what does cost the government mean? Canceled federal student loans would be immediately added to the federal deficit, which measures how the country owes more money than it takes in during a year. Who does it? Hold on. Who does it owe this money to then? In this case, itself. That's insane. Yes. The federal money system is insane. So so they're adding this into the deficit, this money that they owe themselves. 
mm-hmm. instead right. of just scratching the light off. Correct. Oh, man. So everyone is going to pay for this. Uh, analysts agree canceling federal student loans will increase the deficit. But what they're split on is how significant the addition would be and how the government could eventually recoup the costs. Well, there's only two ways they could recoup those costs. They could increase taxes or they can print it. Yep. That's it. They don't have a job. No income. No, they don't create anything. They're they, parasites. Right. Everything. It's almost like it was so useless for me to just avoid debt my whole life. Like whenever I did finally decide to go to college, I paid for the one semester I was there just myself. I made payments on it until I was done for like, I don't know, six months. Mm-hmm. And I never got a credit card except a Victoria's Secret one just until I paid it off because I was too awkward. I felt too awkward to say no when the girl asked me. I don't mm. know why. And um, well, why are you saying that you're embarrassed about that or why are you i'm saying i might as well have just you know spent my money frivolously and you know like it seems like i'm paying for a bunch of crap anyway anytime i I you're saying inadvertently pay taxes taxes yeah i mean i I see what you're saying but at least you have the ability to say you paid for what you owed well forgiving all of it would make too much sense but a half a billion i mean that half a trillion oh half a trillion okay half a trillion Okay, I got my numbers. Yeah, what even is half a trillion? Five hundred billion. It's oh. a lot. Still, I mean, what what is that? Uh, six payments to Ukraine, basically. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that, that that's not that's not a whole lot of money for the federal government. Well, it, I mean, it's not a small amount either. I mean, their their budgets are usually in the four or five trillion range, I think, or something like that. So it's a good chunk of any given year's budget. Uh, the federal government, by the way, had a $2.8 trillion deficit in fiscal year 2021, according to Forbes. And that was mostly comprised of COVID-19 relief spending, including stimulus checks and emergency rental assistance. The deficit amount... Stimulus. How dare they blame stimulus checks, which were a tiny, tiny a little fraction. portion, portion yeah. of this. Yeah, it was mostly money that went to the corporations. That's mostly what the quote-unquote stimulus was. Yeah, yeah. CARES Act... Uh, the deficit amounted to approximately 13% of GDP and accounted for the second largest deficit since the end of World War II. To put that in perspective, de- deficits over the last five decades have averaged just 3% of GDP. So again, GDP is the gross domestic product. That's the total amount of money that you know, the people are essentially generating through their various jobs and businesses. The higher that percentage is, the less likely the country will be able to pay back its debt and is at a high risk of default, and default could cause mass panic in the global financial system. Well, first of all, if anyone out there actually believes that the U.S. government could ever pay back the debt, all they need to go and do is look at the debt and look at how it has grown consistently over forever and is it isn't it impossible even in theory it is for the impossible. u.s to pay back the debt because the interest never actually exists the government has two options to reduce the deficit decrease spending which you know they're not going to do or raise taxes and they're not including the third option which is to print the money now that which is, is what they'll do that is, well, that's the easiest way to do it because they get bad publicity from raising taxes it's so much easier for them to just turn on the printing presses and inflate the money supply but that is ultimately a hidden tax so i mean you could argue that that's part of raised taxes i feel like with all the prices going up and stuff if they just start raising taxes a whole lot like enough to make a big chunk people are going to start being noticeably like third world in america 
Well, well it sounds like they're already that way. So more than they're they're spending, the average American is spending more on taxes than they are on the actual goods and services and products and stuff. That's so, right. well, the the government lovers would argue, well, they're paying the taxes to get the health care and all that. Of course, we know they're overpaying, but well, the government overpays for everything. It's not their money. They get to print as much as they want, and then we shoulder the cost by losing the value that we have earned. Uh, when they print in, you know, when they inflate the money supply, it destroys the value of what you have. So if yep. you are a saver, if you're smart enough, and it's not, and what they do is actually make saving stupid because yes. if you, you know, saving is normally a smart thing to do when money holds its value, or if money could go up in value, it could be a really good thing. But if you save and they're inflating the money supply, it, it literally steals what you have. You still have the same amount of money, but it doesn't buy as much as it once did. And everybody should be able to see that happening now. Yeah, the USD is its guaranteed to lose value in the long run. It, it may yeah. have little bursts where it temporarily goes up or whatever. But what we're seeing right now is, you know, if you had kept, you know, $10,000 in your sock drawer or whatever for the last, you know, 20 years or whatever mm-hmm. – Ten, you know, twenty years ago, that ten thousand dollars may have been may have been a decent amount of money, but thirty now, years ago, it would have bought you a car. Yeah, it won't now. It won't, uh-huh. It'll buy you a used car now, maybe mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to be able to find one. Right. Uh, quote: There are trade offs, and it's quite likely that if we spend this money on forgiving student loan debt, we won't spend it on other things that we want to see the government do. Said a senior fellow at the Urban Institute, but that's not true either. This person doesn't understand that they literally have no limit. This person believes that the government is somehow limited in what it can spend and that, oh, well, if it spends it over here, it can't spend it over there. No, no. They can just spend it on anything that's politically popular. Also, look out if you are in several states. Uh, according to foxnews.com, there's a good chance that if you're living in Massachusetts, North Carolina, Mississippi, Arkansas, Minnesota, or Wisconsin, you will have to pay more in income taxes because of the student loan forgiveness. Wait. There's a lot of southern states listed there. It's a bit of a scattered one, though. I mean, there's only three southerns, and then okay. Massachusetts, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You said wait? I was going to ask the states again. I just missed it. What uh, are the southern states? Southern states are Arkansas, Mississippi, North Carolina. So according to this, student loan borrowers could soon see up to $20,000 of their student loan debt forgiven in the massive handout announced by President Biden, but it may still come at a cost. State tax may be charged on student loan handout funds. The tax laws vary from state to state. Former Mississippi State College student D. Stiegel said he recently found out he qualified to have $20,000 of his student loans forgiven. Quote, I was very relieved to hear that relief was coming from the federal government, he said. But... That relief didn't last. Quote, within 24 hours, those feelings get complicated because you then realize that depending on what state you're in, Mississippi, you could potentially be paying taxes on that. According to a consumer debt expert, Steve Rode, he explained why student loan handout money can be taxed. Quote, forgiven debt is taxed on your income tax return as though it is money that you earned. Yeah, because the government's crazy and they can declare whatever they want and they can put a gun to your head and make you pay it if you don't. So, I mean, you didn't get more money. So, Bonnie, you've been wanting to talk about these uh, crypto exchanges in Canada 
and how now there's some new, is it a law or are they just doing well, it because the government's asking them to? At first glance, it looks like, it. oh, it's just the exchanges doing a thing. So why why not be for, you know, why be against it? It's just the exchanges doing something. But I'm pretty sure that the government is making them do it, mm. or at least asking, which means making the exchanges do it. Well, of course the government is. I can't imagine a business saying, you know, we're going to limit the amount of our product that customers can buy. buy. It doesn't make any sense. This from kitco.com. Canadian crypto exchanges begin to enforce annual net buy limits on the majority of cryptocurrencies. But they are excluding some cryptocurrencies? Okay. Only a handful, though. Probably like Tether and... Bitcoin, I think. Bitcoin Cash, I think, is another one. I'm not sure if this one gets into that, but... So several cryptocurrency exchanges in Canada have begun introducing measures designed to cap the annual buy limit for certain crypto assets at $30,000. This from kitco.com says, The exchanges in question, Newton and BitBuy, are both based out of Toronto and have made a move to limit the purchase of certain tokens in order to comply with the orders... From the Ontario Securities Commission, OSC, and the Securities Regulatory Authorities in other provinces and territories of Canada. So mm. that's their first uh, mistake, having their uh, crypto exchange be based in Toronto, Canada. Well, it's got to be based somewhere. Yeah, is there a safe place for these exchanges to be? I mean, there must be something out there, but the problem I is... I just wouldn't be in Canada when they were like openly going after cryptocurrency wallets oh yeah no doubt i mean it's definitely in these bigger g7 countries it is a highly risky endeavor to get into the business of anything that has to do with cryptocurrency we've seen recently how here in the u.s the securities and exchange commission has been attacking various different cryptos including uh, our friends over at library and there's of course the attack on ripple by the sec and many others that i don't even know but they're not just going after ripple and, and library they're going after several places uh, several cryptocurrency-based businesses, and they're saying, well, you're a security, and now you have to prove that you're not a security and spend millions of dollars in court arguing with us. You know, We're not going to tell you what our rules are, but you've got to figure them out kind of thing. It's a crazy thing that they're doing. Jeremy Kaufman from Library was recently on uh, Joel Valenzuela's show. I think it's called Digital Cash Network. And talking about how basically just being accused is like being punished by these people because they take all of your time. They take all of your effort. You cannot – if you're accused of being a security and you have to defend this in court – you now are spending your time defending yourself in court. And money that should be going towards your business. Right. Millions of dollars that should be going towards your business are instead going to lawyers – who are, you know, probably formerly working for the SEC themselves. They're now private attorneys uh, to try to defend you against this. And it's taken them years that they've now been dealing with this situation with the SEC. And you cannot build your business when dealing with these government threats. And it's a complete mess, you know, as you pointed out. They're not going to tell you what a security is. And this is just, yeah, and that's because they're using it as a way of taking jurisdiction over things they don't have jurisdiction over. When they, sure. when they define security, cryptocurrency didn't even exist back then. Cryptocurrency assets didn't even exist back then. So they're trying to use these definitions that don't actually apply to apply to things. And it's, it's, just, and if they actually stop to define them in a way that is sensible, then the whole game falls apart because you're like, well, that, that's that obviously definition not, doesn't yeah. apply. But they're like, no, you figure it out for yourself and pay us what we say. Originally, the idea, as I understood it, behind jury trials was it was supposed to be a jury of your so-called peers. 
A jury of your peers in a cryptocurrency case would be people who understand something about cryptocurrency. Those would be peers. They're people that are on the same level or at least close to the same level as your level of knowledge on the issue at hand. That would be a peer, right? Not some yeah. random stranger that just got up from watching uh, daytime television and they're coming in or, you know, they work at uh, some job that's completely unrelated to crypto and have, you know, they they watch sports on the weekend and they've never, you know, even thought about what a bitcoin is, although now I guess bitcoin is uh, crypto is advertising on the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, but just because they've heard the word bitcoin, Bitcoin doesn't yeah. mean they understand doesn't how it works mean they or anything. Know anything about it. So, and but, for a jury of my peers, I kind of feel like I would have to have a jury of trans trans people, people. right? Uh, trans crypto people, yeah, to be more specific. Now, of course, that gets difficult. Right? Trans crypto like Satanist anarchists. It's going to be hard to find those people. But I'm pretty sure there's already been case law on this to basically say, no, jury of your peers just means anybody from a registered voter pool. Yeah, that, that that's how they interpret it, but right. that that's wrong. That's immoral, and. You know, you mentioned the the Satanist thing. Part of my whole religious belief is that I don't buy into the state religion, right? So it's it's very much right. like a Muslim being tried in a Christian court yes. by Christians, being having Christian law applied to them, being told that they violated Christian law. It's, it's like how do you how could you possibly offer up a fair trial in these circumstances? No. And it's, you know it's not fair, and that's probably one of the reasons why you decided this week that you were going to take a plea deal in the in the Crypto 6 case, because you know the, the deck is stacked against you. You know that it's not fair to go in front of a jury. You know that you've seen what they did to Ross Ulbricht and other people and in, in railroading them in federal court, and you know that's what they have in store for you. So, uh, I mean, am I right to suggest that those that was a factor? There were many factors. Yeah. Orders from the Ontario Securities Commission and and the securities regulatory authorities in other provinces in and territories in Canada, they are putting these restrictions on these two exchanges, Newton and Bitbuy, because they're based in Toronto, so they can tell them to, what to do. Mm-hmm. Says, according to a post from Newton, Ontario-based crypto tra- traders, oh, so it's only the Ontario-based ones as well. Uh, I thought they were doing it for the entire well, country, but okay. Hasn't said that yet. It says, hmm. according to a post from Newton, Ontario-based crypto traders will now be subject to a net buy limit on a majority of crypto tokens, inclu- uh, excluding Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash. This is really frustrating because basically it sounds like the Ontario Securities Commission is trying to pick winners. They're saying to people, well, look... These it's ones aren't risky, risky, right? It's yeah, it's risky to buy uh, cryptocurrency, and so therefore, you need to have a limit. Now, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, uh, thirty thousand dollars is probably a limit that most people aren't going to likely reach. But there are certainly some people that have that kind of money, and they're not going to be able to make those purchases, which is stupid. Uh, people should be able to invest in whatever they want to at the levels that they want. But to claim that the Ontario Securities Commission knows. Which cryptos are safer bets than others is ridiculous. We have no idea what's going to happen in, in crypto tomorrow. We, Bitcoin, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, these are definitely established cryptos. So I get the argument. It's like, well, they've been around a long time and they've got big followings. But the fact is, you know, the cryptos that were in the top 10, 10 years ago, most of them aren't there anymore. 
they're they're either completely gone or they are way down into like the bottom 500 or something like that. They're, it's kind of hard to believe that there was a 10 years ago in crypto. There was. Well, I guess 10 years ago there probably wasn't anything besides Bitcoin. But let's just say seven years ago or five years ago, you can go back in time and look at the sites uh, that have been tracking the top cryptos. Just jump back a few years and look and see what the top 10 looked like I mean, in 2017. It looks nothing like They're different like all the time, not right. even like year by year. Yeah, well, that's true as well. But, you know, over years, it, they, they look nothing like one another. Well, all you got to do is send Bitcoin to any of these crypto-only exchanges out there, many of which have all kinds of obscure crap on them that are probably never going to go anywhere. And you can like xmarkets.com. Right, that's one of them. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we've seen that exchange before when Intercoin was, uh, was listed on that. So, yeah, this is effectively just putting one hoop in between the person who wants to buy some really obscure thing. And you're right, like, it's so not effective. It makes me wonder, what's the purpose of this? Like, is it just to get people used to the idea... Of restrictions? Of the government restricting cryptocurrency? Could be. I mean, they were doing that last year, or the beginning of the year, when they were lying that they were able to seize cryptocurrency from the truckers. They were basically lying. They were making it sound like they were doing things that they weren't. So everybody online thinks, you know, the... In during the trucker riots or whatever in Ontario, was that what, where it was? Yeah, it yeah. was. During the Ontario trucker protests, um, you know, the government took crypto from people. And that's really not what happened. They just told people, like, if they could figure out a, a wallet belonged to somebody, they froze it. And what that meant was they went to businesses like these exchanges and they told these businesses you are not allowed to do business with anyone using these addresses. So we know the truckers were taking in Bitcoin at X address and Y address and Z address. And here's the list of addresses that you're not allowed to do business with. But people online just took the bad reporting about this to believe that, oh, did did you know the government can just uh, find out which wallet is your own personal wallet and just take your money? Unless you say, unless you publicize Your own personal wallet, they can't know. But if you're one of these truck you know, groups and you want to raise donations using cryptocurrency, you have to make that address publicly available, right. sadly. Yep. But, but this is all the more reason why Monero should be more popular than it is, because Monero doesn't have these problems. And they, Monero did uh, save the day for some of these drivers. They, they did. Uh, some of the Monero fans went in there and, and helped the drivers set up Monero wallets and then were nice. donating Monero to them. So, yeah, that did. I mean, there was a lot of Bitcoin donated, no doubt. But, sure. But once the problem started hitting with the Bitcoin restrictions, then Monero came in and kind of helped out. Does your story get into the different categories of uh, limits, Bonnie? Because I found one here at CryptoTimes.io that actually reveals that there are ways to get higher limits. So it's the average... What oh, is yeah, it yeah. your typical KYC garbage? They're gonna. They definitely want to know who you are, and they're gonna ask you about your incomes and stuff. What did you, What did you see there, Bonnie? It says those who qualify as accredited investors will not be subject to any purchase limits. I just wanted to bring up that our city of Albuquerque. They're going to be getting one thousand one hundred brand new uh, real time cameras to put along um, bus routes and bus stops and inside uh, buses in addition to the cameras that we have now. Okay. So that's just mind-blowing. And, I am I mean, I'm all for this because uh, there's been a lot of bus drivers that got assaulted over and over. Mm. And 
like I said, my problem is that I can't even, they don't even stop for me. The people that want to ride the bus, they don't even stop because of our loiterers. They panhandle, they sit there and drink, get shade, they smoke, they just hang out all day long, take naps. And you think cameras are going to somehow stop this? Well, that's the, of course. What? (laughs) Is it illegal to hang out at the bus stop? Well, technically it is illegal because you're supposed to be there to be catching the bus. But everybody uses it for everybody else, and so that... Even but why are, is it going to help if there are cameras? I mean, if any cop drives by, they will see people hanging out at the bus stop. I mean, how hard it could, could it be to catch someone? Yeah, the cops driving this? around can't be watching the real-time cameras, so... Like, they can look at the bus stop, and they can see people standing there. And if they right? get hassled, well, couldn't they just say, I'm waiting on the bus? Yeah, they could. Well, the thing is that, you know, if thanks to guys like you, nobody wants to be a security guard. Nobody wants to be a police. You're so welcome. You beat them up on your show. <laughs> uh, yeah, Man, I, mean, I wish it was that. just Free Talk Live that was responsible for that. I, I know you love giving us credit for things that we really probably have very little effect on, Sarah. But the reason why people don't, I think a lot of the reason why people don't want to be cops is because cops have created their own bad reputation. I'm they, proud of you, though, Sarah. You didn't call in and say, we're getting a bunch of new security cameras tonight. Really? Yeah. I know, Satya, she said, the city of Albuquerque. Yeah, ah, she did. She has good. separated herself, at least tonight, temporarily, mentally, from the entity that is the city of Albuquerque. Nice she job. recognizes that she is not the city of Albuquerque. Bravo, Sarah, bravo. Yeah. But anyway, we have a severe <laughs> officer shortage, but... More, more so than other states. I mean, this is like a national problem. We, nobody wants to be a security. Nobody wants to be a police. So they have to get these cameras that watch these. And so I guess when it gets bad, they'll send people out. But, the but if there's a shortage, where, where will the people come from? Why can't you sit there and monitor these bus video feeds? Why can't you, as somebody who's bipolar, do a job that basically doesn't involve any human interaction? Your job would be to sit there and look at bus stop feeds and identify things that are, in theory, wrong or whatever, and then probably file some stupid report. Well, here's the thing. I've explained my disability to Social Security, so you have no right to disclose what I do not want to disclose about myself. I'm intelligent. I might be it's a good excuse for doing nothing, Sarah. You're just making okay, excuses okay. for being lazy. Sarah, you okay, disclosed your bipolar disorder. That's we, true. She we, told we us that. Yeah, yeah, we didn't disclose that. Okay, look, I, okay, you're not entitled to explain everything about my disability. No, you're right. Yeah, and you don't have any obligation to explain yourself, but it really just makes you look pathetic. I mean, it makes you look like you're just make cooking up excuses for being a lazy bone. Speaking of cooking okay, up, I asked her why she couldn't just... Me. I've been homeless for 10 years before I got this, but I wasn't a... Some homeless people work. My my mom has a store in downtown uh, Sarasota, Florida, and she has hired multiple homeless people over the years. Some of them have been quite reliable. Well, well, I mean, that's them. Other people's got other problems. Right, so the fact that you're homeless is not a reason why you can't work. So just blow that one off. Wait a minute. I was homeless for 10 years, but this is giving me money? So that I could get off the street, I could pay rent and buy food. So what is so wrong with that? Do you want me to be wandering around at the homeless camp? Can you have just gotten a job to pay rent, though? I mean, that, that's the disconnect we're having here, but right? If I, if I had a job, why would they be giving me a check? I have no work history since I cracked up and got put in the mental hospital. 
I got no work history for... McDonald's doesn't care right I've, now. I've been to a mental hospital before, and I can still work. Okay, you can work, but I can't. Yes, you can. Yeah. And McDonald's will hire anyone with a pulse right now, Sarah. That is what they call a self-fulfilling prophecy, Sarah. When you say you can't do something, it turns out that it's true. I'm calling in to defend um, uh, Sarah from New Mexico. Really? Okay. Um, what is I New Mexico doing to her? Hold on a second, please. She calls herself a communist. She, we know she's not. She has... Yep. Obviously, depression issues and issues, calling in radio stations, all kinds of stuff. And she said something really good that I think, honestly, was a great debate point. She said, you're painting her with a broad stroke. She's kind of an innocent, funny chick calling in about traffic laws in Albuquerque. And you guys called her some like, really mean names, you know? And Well, she's been calling in I for... You know, like a really long time. It's not like we just met, like just encountered this lady. What was the mean name that we called her? Lazy. Um, she is lazy. Numbering. I don't know. You no. None, in fact, we said nobody called you stupid, Sarah. We were not calling her stupid, and I wouldn't call All her right. stupid. If you really want to, you believe that? That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, you okay, can you rewind. Can rewind the, yeah. I mean, you can rewind the video and look. But why do you say she's not a communist? Every indication is well, that she is a she communist. That doesn't mean well, she's not she a pretty communist. Pretty much has to be well, mentally ill to be a communist. She, she participates in the uh, uh, Triangle programs, which is not a communist thing. She's she in network marketing, on. so she has she has given some examples of how she's working in you know capitalism. Isn't she not working? She is just promoting it. Well, it's her roommate Raymond who I think has the the, the account or whatever, but she's still helping. Well, when him. I when I grew up, I was I didn't share my feelings with people, and I had a very difficult childhood, mm-hmm. and I get picked on and called names and stuff. If I was able to write out of a a, a manifesto of some sort, say, hey, this is what I'm really feeling. Why are you guys calling me these names? And I, I feel like she's not trying to fight with anybody, and I feel like you guys got to pick on her. Well, she is trying to steal money from people to fund her lazy lifestyle, and we never called her stupid. And if you think that, then maybe you should rewind it, or you might be stupid. She's a yeah, mooch. maybe you should rewind it. Go back to her. No, call, no, you're Bonnie. the one making the allegations, yeah. so you can go back and listen for yourself. I, I remember you guys were absolutely. Specifically I explicitly not said that she is not unintelligent. Yeah, I mean, she uh, has obviously intelligently managed to mooch uh, for the last 50 years or whatever, or 40-something years of her life. Let's get into the latest from China. It is ugly and has continued to be ugly there with the COVID crackdowns now uh, continuing. They're locking people down again in multiple cities because they have what they call a zero-COVID policy. Aria, what's uh, the latest you've seen? Frantic appeals for food from MSNBC. And medical care are spreading across China in a grim deja vu. Tens of millions of people are put under weeks-long coronavirus lockdowns ahead of a key meeting of the ruling Communist Party. Mm. Now, it, it suggests that the two things are related, but they may or may not be. It just happens to be that the meeting is coming up. It could be. While much of the world is moving past the pandemic, as we point out, it's, it's almost amazing the extent and the completeness to, with which Western societies have just left coronavirus mm-hmm. lockdowns in the past, like it never even happened. They're not talking about it. They're not alluding to it. They're not 
talking about what a disaster it was or how much it cost the economy. They're not doing any of that. Some are. There are actually some of the previous promoters of it who have reversed course. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's encouraging. Yeah. Well, of course, it doesn't mean they're not going to bring it back at right. some point. China remains stuck with leader Xi Jinping continuing orders to maintain zero COVID. These lockdowns are keeping localized outbreaks from spreading. Well, in Theoretically, I mean, there's no evidence to, to support that claim. They're but, also keeping people from working and keeping people or yes. making people go insane from not being able to leave their apartments and then killing themselves. They're taking an enormous economic and psychological toll on the population. Right. There's actually a, a state propaganda channel that I watched over the oh. weekend where they've got this English speaking, handsome young gentleman who is the host of this I th- I, I, I'm sorry again. I don't remember the name of the city. I think it's Chulim, but I could be wrong about that. So, sorry if I'm getting it, getting it wrong. Sure. But whatever it is, where uh, Lily Tang Williams is from there, so I, uh, that's what uh, sort of makes it notable. But uh, this guy, he's like the whole video is all about how hey, you know things aren't that bad here. Ch- oh, Chengu. Anyway, he goes Ch- things aren't that bad here. You can you can leave your apartment. See, I'm leaving my apartment today. I'm going out onto the street. I'm oh my I'm God. going to the a world has got store. so crazy. Just what you're saying is ridiculous. Well, and he is in the streets, and I'm sure he's yes, got, but he's one of the pre-approved he's special. Yeah. yeah, um, and so the, the, he's trying to make it look like yeah. If you need to go to the grocery store, it's no problem. You can do that here. It's like you shouldn't have to make a video saying that. No, but it sounds like a great editing opportunity for someone with the time to like every few seconds juxtapose that to like people jumping out of their buildings and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, those videos of people jumping to their doom are not fakes. Right. These are not right. deep fakes. These are really people who are trapped in their apartments. So they're literally looking outside all the time. And so when somebody clambers up to uh, you know, the top of the roof and then takes a dive, everyone's watching because there's literally nothing else that they have to do. That's I mean, terrifying. I guess they could be on their phones or whatever. But if you want to do something else, you look out the window and that's uh, that's all you got. So uh, Anyway, the the guy goes out into the streets and he shows, you know, pans the streets and he does reveal that, yeah, there's hardly anyone out there. So, I mean, there's definitely a lockdown going on, but he describes it as a quote unquote soft lockdown. So who's this video for? It's to propagandize to people out there who think that, oh, it's so terrible. People are starving in their homes. No, That's what I would have thought store. that it's for non-Chinese people. Correct. Yeah, it's to encourage people that uh, everything's okay here. We're not horrible monsters in China, even though there's videos from the Shanghai lockdown. Or it could be other people in other uh, states in China. Just so they don't freak yes. out. Yes, well, leave. some that's the other thing, Bonnie, is some areas are more locked down than other areas. So within any given city, they have different districts, and each district has a certain lockdown level. So if there's a district that has zero COVID, then those people are going to have more freedom to be able to leave their homes versus an area where there have been some detected cases. So some of the worst reports are coming out of... I don't know what that Ely Prefecture in Chinese in China's northwestern Xinjiang region, region, where a lockdown began early last month. We've been locked up in our home for more than forty days. We are wow. short of everything, especially food," said a resident. Uh, the Washington Post is only identifying by one name because of security concerns. But you know, this is the Chinese government we're talking about, dude. Using only one name, they're gonna find out exactly who did this. There are so many difficulties, I feel like crying just mentioning them. 
Golnazar, that's the man in question, said local authorities locked their apartment door from the outside and opened it only when medical workers came to do coronavirus tests. So they're literally being locked into their homes. In some cities, neighborhood, and this isn't the first time we've heard about this, of course. They did the same thing in Shanghai with the steel bars that they were putting in front of people's doors and stuff like that. Some uh, apartment buildings burned down and they were locked in there with the steel bars. People burned alive. Yep. Horrifying stuff. Because that's better than getting COVID. In some cities, neighborhood communities have delivered free groceries to those in lockdown, but Golnazar said their neighborhood committee has been offering only to sell them food at higher than normal prices. And it didn't do so often. The last time the committee came to Gonazar's door was 11 days ago, she said. Jeez. So not only is her neighborhood committee committee charging them more, which you would expect in a capitalist society, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, food's scarce, so you got to pay more for it. But now they're not even coming around. Wow. We only eat naan and kangi. I don't know what kangi is. I know what naan is. Kangi is like a um, a porridge. It's not very good. Mm. That porridge is exactly the word they used. Yeah, okay. <laughs> referring to flatbed, flatbread and porridge. There is no milk or vegetables. Others posted online about being unable to take sick sick children to hospitals, which you know that's what you want in a pandemic is being unable to take sick people to hospitals. As well as about the deaths of family members in lockdowns, the reports were widely circulated on Chinese social media, but could not be immediately verified by the Post. Well, that's because the Chinese government isn't going to let the Washington Post come in and verify reports. Mm-hmm. The Democrats in the Congress, both the Senate and the House, have petitioned the uh, credit card companies to uh, re uh to consider uh, gun purchases and ammunition purchases as suspect and to follow them closely Mm. and to keep a database of people that actually buy uh, firearms and uh, ammunition. I don't know if you heard that. I did. I did see uh, the headline. I didn't get into the details on it, but, yeah, I saw the headline that... uh, Is it happening or is it just... It's happening, yeah. Credit card companies are starting to... right now. In fact, Visa protested at first. Hmm. Then they said, oh, oh, uh, we're mistaken. Yes, we'll go along with it. Yeah, so they're starting to label and categorize the ammo purchases, as you said, and uh, that'll make it easier for governments to do investigations on Now, is this credit cards or credit and debit? Because I know sometimes they're lumped together. Uh, Probably both. uh, It's Visa, MasterCard, Amex. Right. Remember, Uh, whether it's debit or credit, it's Visa and MasterCard that uh, have their logos on all of those cards, so it doesn't matter. Right, right. So what they're doing is, if you should buy a firearm, uh, your name will be in a database, and uh, your, your purchase will also be in the database. They would be tracking how mm-hmm. much you buy of uh, uh, firearms and uh, ammunition. Wow. More oh, reason to use your name attached to it. Peer-to-peer crypto. More reason to use peer-to-peer crypto, gold, and cash, life. even, and buy, buy in, in real, real life. life. I know that, for instance, here in New Hampshire, there are what mm. they call uh, market days where people will get together in the Liberty community and offer various things for sale. There could be uh, could be ammunition, could be you know meats and uh, fruits and veggies or coffee or whatever. There's all kinds of different things that people have made available with these things. So right. buying person-to-person is probably going to be the safest way to make these purchases right. in the future. They're also trying to get uh, the uh, the vendors that do sell firearms like Cabela's and so forth uh, to actually uh, log the uh, 
the uh, cash purchases as well. So they're mm-hmm. going after everybody pretty much. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, the government... This is the way fascism works, right? You, you get a socialist country or whatever, and they just have their database themselves. I found a video on the Northrop Gundam channel. Again, we were talking about shortages, people not being able to get food while they're on these lockdowns, which are now continuing. They brought them back based on 900-something people with COVID, allegedly, across the entire nation of more than a billion people. I mean, we're talking about... I don't even know what percentage that is, but it's a percentage of a percentage of a percentage. It's a very, very small number of people having COVID, but that's good enough. The Chinese government's cracking down and forcing people into their apartments and not letting them leave. Although in some areas, some people are able to get out under what's called a soft lockdown. And there's video here uh, that has come out. The videos that are shocking, right? Like there's people who are killing themselves. They're jumping to their doom. There have been videos of people burning alive in apartment buildings because the government put uh, metal gates up to block them from leaving the buildings. The building catches fire. There's so many horrible stories. There's the videos uh, that... That's among the the worst, though. There was a, some of the worst was the abuse of the animals that has been going yeah. on by the, white, uh, the white-coated men that work for the Chinese government. But here's what some people are dealing with right now. Northrop Gundam on uh, Twitter reports during the COVID famine lockdowns in China's Guiyang, food supplies provided by the communist regime are still in severe shortage. Most other produce arrived but were already spoiled and then discarded. But civilians can no longer afford to be picky. And then you have footage of what appears to be a group of several, maybe a dozen people going through garbage cans, garbage cans that have been spilled over, and there's all kinds of greenery coming out of those cans. This is the spoiled and discarded uh, produce that had arrived to be distributed, but it was just the people that uh, received it said, this just isn't worth distributing, so they tossed it into the garbage. Well, people are hungry enough where they're literally going through piece by piece, and they're picking out the things that they think they can stomach. And then taking those home with them because that's how desperate they are for food. They're taking basically partially uh, spoiled, partially rotted uh, fruits and veggies here. It looks like mostly vegetables from from what I'm seeing. That's how desperate they are. And And luckily they're able to get out into the streets to even do this. Yeah, and all of that crap can happen here, man. Mm -hmm. It certainly can. Was there more uh, that you wanted to share Oh, there's a, there's a little bit more. I mean, it, it basically just reiterates that all the supermarkets and small stores where you can buy groceries, they're obviously closed. The online shopping platforms designated by the government are also having shortages, of course, because everyone is trying to use them at the same time. Right. You can't even get on the website. It's probably crashing. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. 
Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.